You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Broadway Gives Back Podcast. I'm your host, Jan Svensson. This podcast spotlights Broadway actors, shows, and organizations in their pursuit of social impact and philanthropy. Join us as some of the brightest lights on Broadway share their stories about their favorite charities and how they got involved, and the people and the causes who benefited from these philanthropic efforts. Broadway Gives Back is launching a new series called the United Nations Global Goals, where we talk about tackling the world's to-do list and making our planet a better place. I'm joined by my passionate co-host and friend, Anika Larson, who was a guest on this podcast last year and introduced me to the Global Goals. Anika is a Tony Award nominee and a devotee of the climate revolution. We decided to work together on this series and bring in guests to talk about ways in which we can all make small changes for the greater good. Hi, Anika. Hi, Jan. How you doing? I'm good. I'm glad you're back. Me too. This is fun. So today, our special guest is a beautiful actor, and I do mean that literally and figuratively. It's Jesse Mueller. Jesse starred in Beautiful, the Carol King musical, and won the Tony Award for her performance. Jesse has also been nominated for a Tony for a leading role in Waitress and Carousel, and on a clear day, you can see forever. Her body of work is breathtaking and inspiring, and I, for one, am a huge fan of hers. As impressive as her acting career is, her social activism is equally as impressive. Jessie supports arts education, LGBTQ plus rights, anti-gun violence, women's rights, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, and the Entertainment Community Fund. Jessie, I'm so glad to have you here today. Welcome to the Broadway Gives Back podcast. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. Jessie's one of those people also who, when you, when you ask her, when she gets called to come support, help, sing, do a benefit, fundraiser, whatever, she always says yes. She's just one of those people who's always ready to help. Oh, I try. And then sometimes I show up and I say, what are we doing again? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but you show up. I think that's but the I important part. But I get there. But do. I get there. And that's, that's, the, that's the first step. Yeah. Now, you two, I have to ask, you two go back to Beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, so tell me how you guys met. Were you guys, did you guys do the workshop together? Like, how long ago did you two meet? No, we met in the rehearsal process, right? Yeah, because we, we did San Francisco out of town, but we rehearsed in New York. And we actually, we met, um, so that would have been August of 2013. Okay. And um, yeah, no, we just met at rehearsal. But I had seen her on a, in On a Clear Day, You Can See Forever, and um, was stunned by her and so when i learned because i had been involved with many of the readings because yeah, you've done a bunch of years. workshops and readings yeah for like yeah, yeah, years yeah. yeah um and so when i heard they'd chosen you um i think i read it on like playbill um <laughs> i was like oh snap this is gonna be good <laughs> <laughs> you're very sweet it was just such, it was just such perfect casting it was just yeah yeah so i was wicked psyched wicked psyched <laughs> <laughs> And then and I learned all about Anika and her wicked, in her wicked psychness and her Boston, her Bostonians. 
It's her true. Bost- it's her Boston Ness. What do you? How does one? Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to say this on this podcast, but I'm a masshole. <laughs> She's a masshole. She's a major masshole. <laughs> big old masshole. <laughs> yeah, no, I fully was backstage in San Francisco watching the the Red Sox win the World Series. Actually, but gosh, that's on right. my computer in my dressing room between entrances. Yeah, gosh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and we got to, and, and we got to be buddies in the show. So, you know. I, I had the very difficult task of pretending to be Anika's best friend. Um, yeah, we got to pretend to be friends, and then and then I think we just we just tricked each other into being real friends in life, right. and uh, here we are today. Oh, yeah. That's, no, it was it was honestly one of the great joys of my career. I'm not just saying it because she's here, but um, to work with her, we had this scene that I think was sort of like oddly special to uh, both of us because it was mm-hmm. just a book scene. There was no song. Um, but we just sat on a couch and talked together and sort of like poured our hearts out together in the show. Yeah. But there was something really just so lovely and grounding about that moment every night. Um, I agree. And, and it um, was kind of what we would do backstage too. Yeah. We were at, we were at the Sondheim Theater. It was a very nice theater. We had yeah. couches in our dressing room. Sometimes yeah. that doesn't happen. The dressing rooms are very tiny. So yeah, yeah we just sort of bounce back and forth to each other's couches backstage yeah. as well and just sort of spill the tea as they say so yeah that scene felt very very organic and just yeah yeah, i agree it was very it was a very grounding moment in the show because you and i never sang together no no Mm -mm. we we didn't have never sang together in that show should have no there was no girl duet yeah maybe at the end of this podcast you guys could do a little duet we'll write something yeah well we'll, (laughs) i'll I'll jot some notes down while we're talking About the global goals. About That'll the global our, goals. Our global That's right. Goals do it. But Jesse, I got to say, because, um, you know, when people say they don't like musical theater, I think what mm. they're saying, I don't know who those crazy people are, but sometimes I, I think know it's some the large, yes, sometimes it's, it's like the larger than lifeness of it, that the sort of it, the feeling that like jazz hands and falseness. And um, I always just dispute that that has to be true or that that is even true anymore, that really the, the now it's about realism in acting on on stage in so many of the shows. Um, and Jesse just really embodies that. I mean, you, you just, you sing so well, but also are such a good actor and um, bring such honesty in every moment. And I think that was one of the reasons why that couch scene was so fun was because sitting with you and you were just, it was just so easy because you were just so present and honest and it was always a little bit different and you were always giving 100%, never phoning it in, even when it was really exhausting, the exhausting times. Um, and um, oh, Right back it was at really- you. Oh, well, thanks. It was just, that's just, just that's just so... who you are. That's who you are on stage. I mean, those are the people I, I love to work with. I'm mm. all, you know, there's time for jazz hands. I'm all for it. I'm, <laughs> and I'm like a movie, I grew up on movie musicals, so I love yeah. the big stuff, but yeah. there has to be that genuine heart. There has to be that genuine yeah. intention. I think, I think people, audience member. I mean, I think people just know when something isn't authentic, mm-hmm. yeah. when a feeling isn't authentic, when when an emotion isn't authentic and I think it makes people pull away. It pulls people yeah. out of it. And what you want is for people to dive in. You know what I mean? Yeah. What you want is to draw people in and make people share share an experience. And so yeah, musical theater is hard, but when it's when it's bad, it's really bad. Yeah. But when it's good, it's really good. It's exquisite. Yeah. It's exquisite. Yeah. And I mean when Carol King loves your own performance, you know, and I'm thinking also of, of Sarah Borales, who's also been a guest on this podcast and is a oh, friend. Great. And when you were a waitress, I mean, again, just the honesty and the authenticity of your performances were just incredible. 
And I think that idea of authenticity also translates to social activism and to philanthropy, because if it's not yeah. genuine, people can smell it. You know, they know, which is why I think you are um, what you are quadruple threat or whatever, because you you have it in your acting, but you also have it in your real life. And so I think people really appreciate appreciate that. Oh, thank you. I I I, I really do appreciate that because I. Even just saying that I do those things, sometimes I feel like I, I don't know if I do or I don't know if I show up enough. And But um, I really appreciate the fact that I've had people in my life like Anika, like, um, you know, getting connected with people like you, people like Seth Rudetsky, who's very involved in the entertainment industry and people that sort of know how to make things happen. Mm. And then reach out. I'm, I think I'm good at the responding part. If someone reaches out and I'm available and it's something I believe in, I'll dive in, but I really appreciate what people like you do because to me, you do the, you do the hard stuff. You do the, you create the infrastructure, you create the channels of communication. And so I just, I want to throw it back and say how appreciative I am to you for what you do. Oh, that's so, I never thought of it that way, but that's nice. So listen, you know, I want to do a little, a little um, Q&A here just for the people who are listening who um, may not know you as well as Anika does. Um, and we thought we'd just throw a few questions at you and just answer with whatever comes to the top of your mind, you know. just Oh, just, sure. Is this like rapid fire? Yeah, as rapid as you can go. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, it's, it's past the morning, so I should be fairly rapid. <laughs> I'm in LA right now, so it's still morning for me. Oh, um, so go. I'm glad okay. I'm not so You can ask them slowly and I will try to answer them quickly. There you go. Mm. Thank you. All right. What are three words that describe you? Oh. Empathetic. Mm. Loyal. Mm. Messy. <laughs> Not like a messy part. Like I'd like to be tidy, but at the moment, it feels a little messy. And that's okay. I like that. Um. um my question is, where uh -huh. is your happy place? Oh, oh, I'm still trying to find it. I'm still trying to find it. It's usually under a blanket <laughs> or sometimes sitting on my little side porch, just kind of listening to the birds and watching the world go by. Um, yeah, I think it evolves and I'm trying to trying to honor that, that the, the happy place, the happy place evolves. Sometimes my happy place is with my friends, wherever they might be. I don't know if it's, if it's one place, but. Mm. I'm sure you've been asked this question before, but can you recount an embarrassing moment for us from your career? Oh, sure. <laughs> um, um, oh gosh. Um, the first one that pops into my, I mean, I've like lost petticoats on stage, you know, they're just sort of mm. like, dropped to the floor and you're trying to figure out what to do um i i've forgotten <laughs> lyrics i remember i was doing a show in chicago and i just went i went sometimes performers mm. i guess they refer to i went into the white room i just mm. i had no idea where i was what language i should be speaking i mean i was just out i was out and um my buddy ed cross like saved me we were doing a production and it was a musical and i i just looked at him with these Blank, blank eyes. I guess that's the... I'm trying to think if I've... Maybe that's more terrifying than embarrassing, but... Um... Hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like I always have those moments, too, because I think this is part of the, 
the work is, you know, it's all about your your relationships with people. And and I have pretty good relationships with people. I like to pride myself on that. But mm. man, no matter what, like the one time I want to say something, I just got to spill it about somebody. It's like they're right behind me. Those are always very embarrassing. So I try to be really good about that. And then the one moment I'm just like, you know what? I've It's like, oh, there you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've never heard you dish about anybody. Well, we've been pretty candid. We've been pretty so, candid. Yeah. I Maybe I'm more, I like to think of it not as being dishy, but like, uh, more honest you know what yeah. I mean I, I think maybe I'm more on I'm more honest now but yeah those moments where the honesty comes out and you're just like this wasn't the place because mm. they're they're around the corner and they just heard me didn't they but mm. you know what are you gonna do yeah um okay Jesse mm -hmm. if you could switch lives with anyone for a day who would it be whoa <laughs> switch lives with anyone for people listening to this podcast, Jesse's mouth is hanging open right now. I was gonna, I was gonna describe her face too. I was like, I was like, we describe. It was like, the, it was like shock and awe. No, Scoops. What does Scooby say? He doesn't say his own name. Does he say the name of his owner? Anyway, it was a Scooby Doo moment. Yeah, it was kind of like that. You know what? Okay, so really, the first, I was thinking, famous person. You know, oh, I would want to be. It's like. Actually, I think what I'd want to do is just for a day, I'd like to see what it's like to be my partner, Andy, yeah. and see what goes through his mind and how he sees the world. And it would probably be really great to see how he sees me and how much, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and just sort of, but may, I don't know, maybe it would be frightening and I'd never be the same again. But I think that's what I'd <laughs> like to do. Yeah, yeah nice. I think that's great. Um, a lot of people have been their answers have been interesting because they have not said like, I want to be, you know, Angelina Jolie or whatever, you know, they want to be like people they know, which I think. Yeah. Is, oh, that's really interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. 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 What would be the most surprising thing that you could tell us right now that very few people know about you? My gosh, I get maybe that I let's go for it. I, I struggle with depression and anxiety. I mean, I know a lot of people are, do speak about out about that more, but it's still something for me in my journey with it where I struggle with talking about it on any sort of platform because I appreciate how important um, that work is. And I would never want to say something that I wasn't well informed about because mm. I'm still learning about it with myself. But um, But I think that might surprise people because I think I think sort of generally as performers, we put on a good, we put on a good game face. Like that's the job. Yeah. And it's one of the challenging things about being a performer um, is that there's not a lot of, especially in live theater, there's not a lot of time for not having a good day. Yeah. There's not a lot of time for your own feelings often. So, um, but yeah, that's something, especially in the last, I don't know, five or six years, I've really been, been working on and, um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe that would surprise people. Maybe it wouldn't surprise people at all. Can I just jump in for one second and just say, sure. Jesse, thank you for sharing that. First of all, yeah. you made me cry. Um, mm -hmm. And I just want to hug you through this Zoom or whatever we're on. Um, oh, thanks. But thank you. That's, um, it, it fits, so fits with your honesty and your authenticity. And I just really appreciate you sharing that with people because there's oh, so many you. people that struggle. And I think yes. just hearing that there are 
um, others and, and, you know, we're kind of all in it together. I think that's really important. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Also others who are so successful, like that you manage to be, to overcome and, and continue to be successful, I think is heartening for people to know. Thanks. Um, yeah. Well, because guys, you can, so many people live with it and mm -hmm. you can work through it. And there are many different ways and people have really, really different, um, outlooks on it, opinions on it. Um, and I try to respect and honor that, especially because I think I'm still learning about my own journey with it. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the things I think I continually experience is shame about it while mm. I'm experiencing it. And I, so I, I appreciate when other people are open about it. So I was like, maybe, I, maybe I can say this. I don't know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, hey Jesse. Hey Nika. What are you the most proud of? <gasps> I am the most proud of the way I love people in my life, the way I show up for people in my life. Mm. And I don't think that's always been the case. Not that I haven't done it, but I think I've, I'm making it more of a priority now. Mm. I think I've placed my pride in many other things over the years. And I think that... That is what fills me the most is my relationships with people. And mm -hmm. um, so I take, yeah, I take great pride in that. Excellent. You know, actually, I wanted to ask you, this is not part of the rapid fire. Um, we're done with that. <laughs> but what, what's your next project? What are you working on? Um, I'm kind of in the space where I'm not exactly sure. Um, I just... I just did. I just did my first audiobook, which was really, really fun. Ooh, I'd never book. done that before. Um, it's the invisible. Say? No, I think I am because I think yeah. it's uh, called the Invisible Hour by Alice Hoffman. It's her oh. new book. Um, I'm so excited. I'm a huge fan. Are of you a big writing. fan of hers? Yes, and I've I've actually since the pandemic, I do a lot of walking and running, and sure, um, I've been listening to more and more audiobooks, and I've been listening. Um, she had Judith Light narrate one of hers and mm -hmm. I listened to that and Judith's a friend of mine. So it was so nice to like walk and sort of hear Judith's voice talk, you know, yeah. narrating the book. I love so that. I can't wait to hear this. Um, I oh, I hope writing. you enjoy it. I Thank hope you, you enjoy it. I, I think it's a beautiful book. It's very much about um, mother-daughter relationships and also the love of reading and sort of the role of magic in our lives and what can the role of magic in our lives be and can we still believe in it? And I, I just had the most wonderful experience with that. Um, yeah, and I've got a couple of um, animation projects that I'm working on that I feel like maybe I can't say anything about yet, but um, I've just adored doing stuff like that. So as far as getting back on stage, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that might be, but yeah, there's, there's been um, a little more it's a little bit more life stuff lately, which has been, which has been good. And we're renovating mm. a house that takes a lot of time mm -hmm. <laughs> and time money job. I'm learning. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's it so is. weird because not on HGTV, it only takes like a half an hour, but it takes more <laughs> yeah. of your life. What the heck? And like Chip and Joe just come over and they make these great decisions and I can't get them on the phone. <laughs> is there, is there a role that's like your dream role? that you would love to do. We can put it out there, you know, we can manifest yeah, right. it for you right now. Mm. Right. No, um, you know what? I, not so much. It's funny because some of the most challenging and fulfilling things that I feel like I've, I've 
been blessed to do were like roles that didn't exist or at mm. least weren't in the canon yet. Mm. And so like, you know, getting to meet Anika and doing what we did in Beautiful, like that didn't, that didn't exist. And that was such a special experience. Mm. Um, and it's kind of wild. Anika, do you think about that now? Like um, regional theaters are doing Beautiful. Yeah. Like everywhere, they just released the rights. They're they doing just them released the rights everywhere. So, so everybody's listening to our for all those people like me wild. who couldn't couldn't read music, who would then listen to the cast album to learn the music to learn the. Songs. They're all listening to us. It's bonkers. It's wild. Yeah. yeah, I had like friends in Chicago who were auditioning for Beautiful, and I was yeah. like, "This is really weird. It's yeah. cool. It's so cool." Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, maybe maybe later in life, like I'm I might want to take on like a Mama Rose or a Mrs. Lovett yes. or, you know, some, some of those fun kind of gritty, yeah. but um, yeah, or, or something really joyful. I don't, I don't know. Anika and I need to do something else together. So we, we really to do. Of- I know that was when, when you left the show, I thought, gosh, what other show out there is there that has two great women parts women. That we could do together, and I don't—I don't know. We have to think Auntie about Mame or and Vera someday. It. I don't actually know that musical very well. There's some fun but stuff, but I would do anything one. with you, Jesse. Good so costumes. Yes. We'd have good costumes. We would. We would. Lots of good wigs. It's important. <laughs> these, these are the important decisions. Right. What does my wig look like? I'll do it. <laughs> um. So let's talk a little bit about um, the global goals. And as yeah. I said in my intro, um. You know, our, our mutual friend here, Anika, introduced me to this, and I kind of became obsessed over the holidays and then contacted her and said, we need to do something. We need to do mm. more. And I started yeah. talking to a lot of my friends and family that live around the world, and they knew so much more about the UN Global Goals than anybody I knew here in the U.S. did. So yeah. we, um, we're excited to be talking about them. And your goal today is to talk about goal number 15, which is life on land. So I'm going to let Anika set this up for us um, okay, and give let's us some do it. context. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah, so just for people who don't know, 17 global goals, it's like a distillation of all the world's problems, and, and, and but what we can do to solve them. And it's just so heartening and optimism-inducing to feel like somebody, somebody really, not, not somebody, lots of somebodies who are very <laughs> smart really sat down and really hashed this out. Um, and it's the idea that all of our problems are interdependent and intersectional. So in solving one of them, you're solving all of them. In solving climate stuff, you're solving hunger. In solving poverty, you're solving inequalities and that they're all just so related. And so um, so it's not sustainable if we pollute. And that's what we're going to talk about today is life on land, which is what I think people think of most when they think of sustainability is like they, taking mm-hmm. care of our plants and our forests and our animals. Um, but I, I really love the broader notion that it's also not sustainable for us if people don't have access to food, shelter, clean water, toilets, education, equality, the, if everybody doesn't have access to prosperity. So my favorite definition of sustainability is shared prosperity on a healthy planet. So, but today we are actually going to focus on the healthy planet part of it, which is really what people think of. Um, and yeah, it's life on land. And the description that the um, the UN gives is to protect, restore, and promote sustainable use of terrestrial ecosystems, sustainably manage forests, combat desertification, not sure if I'm saying that right at all, <laughs> um, and halt and reverse land 
degradation and halt biodiversity loss. So basically that's taking care of the earth, right? Um, and um, Jesse um, is gonna also be a guest on my vlog, Broadway vlog to save the planet where we're gonna talk about this um, and where we get to talk about how Carol King, of course, of all people, was an, uh, is a huge environmentalist starting way back in the 70s. She um, has she's testified in front of Congress three different times to talk about logging in the Rockies. Um, and she really is, has been fighting that good fight for a long, long time. So we're yeah. going to talk about that. Um, and then we're also going to talk about another Broadway diva. It's going to be so many Broadway divas saving the planet. Because um, Bette Midler, of course, I'm sure we all remember back in the day, just these people who were saying it decades ago. And it's only now that really everybody's starting to listen with more of a panic because it's here, right? We're seeing the effects of it so immediately. Um, but she started the New York Restoration Project. And that um, brings you know, fixes New York parks. I mean, it just takes the idea that all New Yorkers deserve access to lovely nature. Um, and so they do just a ton around the New York City area to make sure that um, all of our parks are beautiful. And we've got trees to breathe air and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, that goal, as you described it just now, Anika, is so, I mean, that's very dense. Those are big words. And yeah. words, mm -hmm. a lot of us, at least me, I didn't understand half of them. But I, I think what's really important to do like today is to like just talk about this in real terms and break it down. And I feel like we've been doing that with some of the other goals. And I feel like it's so important because, you know, the people listening today, it's about doing those small things, taking those small steps for right. the greater good. Right. Um, and I just want a little, little factoid, Carol King was the very first concert I ever saw in my life. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes, in the 70s at the Greek Theater in LA. And my parents mm -hmm. let me go by myself. I was really young mm -hmm. and it was a really big deal. So um, yeah. she has a very special place in my heart um, as, did, as did the musical. Um, anyway, but let's, let's talk a little bit about this whole idea of sustainability and environmentalism. Um, and let's break it down a little bit because it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming sure. to me. Sure. So help yeah. me, help me, help me help everybody I'm raising else. my hand as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, the, fa the fact, the word guidance came, came into my mind as you were, as mm. you were talking, Jen, we all, I speak for myself. I love a little guidance now mm -hmm. and then. There are certain things that I love to just take the reins on and do myself. But with things like this, that's why I appreciate what you guys do. And thanks for bringing me into the conversation because I feel like, I'm going to learn so much. Sometimes I feel like such a novice and it seems like such a, such a big thing and I don't know how to break it down. But like you're saying, there are people that have done that. They have broken down these bits mm -hmm. and made it, put it into bits and pieces that we can, we can understand and begin to digest. So I'm excited to like start chewing with you all. <laughs> Um, you know, I think the good news is actually a lot. We're really, we probably are doing more than we, every one of us is doing more than we even realize that we're doing mm. because it is something we've been aware of for a long time. Um, uh, I think everybody is more conscious about their paper use and about recycling their paper. And that, honestly, that's a problem that it, it, this is great news, which is really, it's so much, that's a sort of 20 years ago problem is that really people are doing better at it. And then the companies that make paper, most of the paper that we use now is recycled um, and those the paper is being made from forests 
forests that are grown to make paper and then are replaced right, right. to make more paper. It's not, they're not cutting down rainforests to make paper. Um, so all of that is, is sustainably managed. Um, and so um, there are battles that we're winning. Um, the renewable, renewable energies are here and they're taking over. And um, that is the most exciting thing, I think, because that is the hugest problem. That's the scary, like mm. the temperatures are getting scary. That's It's slowing it down. Right. We have to still all act now. Um, it's still pretty dire, but we're not doomed if we all act now. We we will win this. Um, and um, sort of the more I've learned about this in the past, I don't know, six months to a year that I've fallen down this rabbit hole, and I do not profess to be an expert about any of this, and I'm sure anyone out there fact-checking will find lots of errors in any of the times I've been talking about this. But um, I think that the sort of general idea that's really helpful in terms of me flipping the switch for the mindset is just the idea of like how much we consume and in all of the ways that we consume. And if we mm. all just think about consuming less and then think about where the things we consume are going, like going. trying to keep it circular so that none of that, that it's it's as little as possible ending in a landfill, um, that that's that that's really helpful. And so for the for yeah. in terms of taking care of this planet, it's consuming less gas, obviously, consuming less electricity, consuming less meat is really, it is crazy, it is bonkers, cow farts, methane, all of that, but also cutting down trees to graze cattle, um, that really the meat industry has a huge impact on the planet. Consuming less clothes. The um, clothing industry is, I think, the second biggest industry, polluting industry in the world. Wow. Um, so fast fashion is really, really hurting the planet. It's also hurting people. If you're buying, if something's like weirdly cheap, somebody's suffering somewhere. The planet is suffering and people are suffering. If it's, if it's cheap, there's a reason. Mm. Um, and so trying to buy clothes that last, consuming less clothing, wearing it longer, um, wearing it more often. Um, and you know, it's consuming less plastics is so huge for the planet. So it's that idea of like, how can you simplify and not make it something that's like annoying and onerous in your life, but just the sort of joy of the game of, wouldn't it feel good to make things less, more simple? Um, mm. That yeah, that that's the only way. It's like the idea of diets don't work. It's a lifestyle. It's the lifestyle choice. It's the decision to eat healthy is actually the thing that's gonna keep you fit. Um, I think it's this. It's the equivalent of that. Is like just sort of remembering that nature's all of ours. That's like think why the New York Restoration Project is great. Is because it's just because we live in a city doesn't mean we don't. We aren't a part of nature. We are. We all are. It is. It is all. This is all of our issue. It's not a. It's not a. They say for this global goals, it's not a cause. This idea of saving the planet. It's the key to our survival. The planet mm. will survive. It's people who might not. Right. Would we like to be here keep as going. well? Yeah. It'll reset yeah, yeah, yeah. and be fine. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah. So couldn't we? Wouldn't it be nice if we could stay and live in harmony with it? Yeah. And and leave it in a better condition than maybe. Yeah we found it or I know that that's huge for you, Anika. We were talking about that. Yeah. You looking at your kids and being like, dang it, I have to be able to tell them yeah. that I did my best. Yeah. That I didn't put my head in the sand and I care about what this looks like for you in the future. Yeah. And, and I fully recognize that that's because I have the luxury of time and resources to do it. Not everybody mm. does. There's so many people on this planet who are just trying to get through their day, whether it's sure. sort of financial reasons or work, or if it's, uh, could be depression and anxiety. There are people who are just trying to get through their days. So for those of us who are lucky enough to be able to fight the good fight, I feel like we must. And I feel like I'm capable right now in this time in my life of rolling up my sleeves and helping to clean up the mess and, 
So those of us who can have to, we just, we have to. I want to go back to um, what you just said about depression, anxiety, and to the earlier conversation where Jesse was so brave to talk about hers. You know, it has been proven scientifically that if you take a walk in nature, mm -hmm. you lower your anxiety levels yeah. and you become less depressed. And, um, you know, this is not just me saying it, but yeah. um, this is scientifically proven. So it, it all kind of circles back because if we're taking care of our, you know, our, our forests and our nature, and even if you're living in the city, if you're walking in Central Park, um, yeah. you know, to back to Bette Midler's um, project for New York Restoration, you know, it all kind of circles back into these global goals and what, you know, mental health is a piece of that and taking care of our environment. So um, I feel yeah, like... It's they're tied in together, right? They're yeah. all tied together. Mm -hmm. It's not, Absolutely. it's not just, it's, I think it's not woo woo to say we mm -hmm. are, we are, that it's a circle of life. It's Lion King. It's, yeah. but, but we are nature. And when we're hurting nature, we are hurting ourselves. Um, but when we're, when we're fixing, helping, it's, I have never felt better and more optimistic than when I just started to act. Joan Baez said, action is the antidote to despair. And it mm. really is like, I was feeling so scared and helpless about all of this. And then the minute mm. I just took that first step and started to act, I just, I just feel so much better. Um, and then it- Well, that, and goes, then it, that goes back to just depression and anxiety as well. Right? It's, it's the same sort of action. It's the hardest thing to do when you're in that state. But if you if you can get guidance, if you can get help, if you can go outside, going outside is an action. Mm -hmm. Taking yeah. a deep breath is an action. And you're right; it is it is so all so intrinsically linked. I I personally am very fed by nature, and I tend to forget that sometimes. And or I've lived in a big city that's mostly full of concrete for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know I don't get fed by concrete. I get fed. <laughs> by air and trees and birdsong. And you're so, you're so right, Jan. It's, and that stuff has been scientifically proven. It, it, has, it has an effect on us, on our neurons or whatever it is. It, it does work. I think this idea of acting too, and I don't, I don't mean what you guys do for, as a profession, <laughs> but taking action. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a bit of a control freak and I like to feel like I have some sense of control over mm -hmm. my life, um, even though I probably don't. But the idea of taking some kind of action gives you some amount of control and it makes you feel calmer, I think, for me anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, learning, you know, some of the, I call them the hacks because they're like mm. these small things that I know that I can do. Number one is it makes me feel like I have some control and I've taken some action. And then sure. it's a positive reinforcement because then I feel really good about it and kind of proud. And then I'll do more and it just, you know, feeds itself. So mm -hmm. I just wondered, Jesse, do you have any, like, are there any things you do, any hacks that you could share with us that you sort of do on a regular basis or things that you've changed in your lifestyle? Um, oh, and I was just going to ask you all that. Um, so we... We'll share back and forth. I feel I feel privileged that we have a we have a property outside of the city. So I'm in Wisconsin right now, and um, and it's a very different lifestyle. And and um, I have to sort of like reacquaint myself every time I go back and forth. But um, we 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 compost here. We started to compost here, um, and you know it makes it a little easier because we have a garden plot and we have sort of a corner that we use. Um, but that is, um, that's something that I, 
that I love. I have to remind myself to do it because I'm not necessarily, like you were just talking about, Jen, the sort of one action begets another. It's not quite a habit yet, mm. but it's getting, it's getting close. And because the weather's getting nicer, it's a little easier to go out and throw it out the back door in that little spot when it's not the dead of winter and there's four feet of snow. So yeah. that really helps. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other things, especially when, when we're out here um, getting fresh air as much as we can, even if that's, um, keeping windows and doors open and not using air conditioning. Um, we also, we also have, um, um, a wood burning stove that, that helps us heat our house. So we're not always using the, the fossil fuels in that way. Um, and we try to be really responsible about where we get our wood. Like, uh, just, I guess it was just a month ago tree limbers came by because some unfortunately some of the beautiful trees on the other side of our plot were um i forget what kind of disease they had but they had to come down and i saw mm -hmm. the guy and i flagged him down i said can you can you save can you save the wood for us will you will you kind of chunk it up he said sure i'll throw it over your yard so andy and i were out the other day <laughs> with an axe chopping up Ooh. chopping up logs, something i've never done before so Maybe that's a new hack. It's also good for stress, I will say. It's good cardio. Yeah, you also kind of get like this nice tense muscle in your thumb. Like when you've been texting too much, it's just a little more intense from where you grab the axe. But thank God nobody lost any fingers or toes. Um, I feel like I've always been one of those people. It's probably from my dad that was like, you leave a room, you turn the light off. Mm. Like, save that electricity. I, I am, I'm, I'm pretty pretty stringent about that like you leave a room you turn the light off um I'm trying to think about what about you gals like what are other things you I'm sure it'll like percolate things in each other's minds I mean we always recycle as much as we can I think we the nice thing is that a lot of the examples you've given it's it, it always works best when being eco-conscious is also a cost saver um yes and so yes. that helps in terms of just the general consuming less is you're spending less um and that so that is super helpful as an incentive. Yeah. Um, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I have lots of things that I've started. I, I started composting too, and because I, yeah. I had no idea what a big deal that is, what a, what a problem our food waste is creates methane, which is the worst greenhouse gas. Um, That's that what it. Because this yeah. was my question about this. I don't mean to interrupt yeah. you, but no. in my mind, sometimes I've been like, well, what's the if it's going to decompose anyway? What's the difference? Of it it's, decomposing in a landfill versus, de but is it because it's in a plastic bag and that's what creates the methane gas? Do you uh, know? No, I don't think that's true. I think it's that in when it is de decomposing in your yes. compost heap, it is. If you're doing it, if you have the browns and greens, do you, are you doing that? You've got the foodstuffs, but then you've also got the stuff that breaks down but doesn't rot. Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, like I'm not sure we've in... gotten that far yet, but so I need so, I need some more training. Wait, on wait, that. ladies, can you do me a favor? Because yeah. yeah. this is something I I have to confess, like that is on my list of to, something to try to do, and yes. I have not I have not got there gotten there yet. So break break this down for me. Yeah, no I shame don't in understand. that. Yeah, how do you how do you compost, and how do I do Absolutely. it? Absolutely, because we live in New York City and we live in LA. So how do yes. I do it in both places? It is like, different. Right. It is different. Um, Jesse, do you want to start? I think you should start because okay. I am also a novice. So okay. what we have begun is like throwing things in a pile. So I want to hear, which is not, uh, that's not quite what we're going for. So you start with your knowledge <laughs> yes. and then I'll chime in if I can. 
Yes. Um, and my knowledge, again, fact check me, people. Um, I really actually cheated and um, Wirecutter from New York, the New York Times. They are, give a very handy guide for those of it's you. It's not who cheating. Are... It's using a guide. It's using yeah. other people's knowledge. It, that's true. Why? Yes, yeah. that's such a good There's point. No cheating. All we can do is build on the foundation of knowledge before us. Why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? You're yes. like real um, good at acting and singing. I don't think you have to be a compost <laughs> expert. That's and like a compost expert to come inform you. And, and then I you can get, give them a masterclass. That's right. And I got no help from the New York Times in learning how to act and sing. I did that's that right. all on my own. You, all on your own. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Um, uh, actually, my Green Mom AF um, Instagram is a plug for my Instagram. But if you go back in my videos, there's two mm -hmm. videos I do with Andrea Varga that um, talk about it and show you the compost itself. And then we do a fun lightning round of what you can compost and what you can't. Cool. But yeah, so so basically, um, it, there, yeah, there's two ways. If you live in New York City, the beauty is anybody who lives in a residence, and com if it's a commercial building, which is why it's trickier on Broadway, then commercial buildings are in charge of their own waste management. Um, but if you live in a house, in a residence, an apartment in um, in New York City, um, you can all you got to do is order one of the brown compost bins, mm -hmm. and they will they, bring them. Yeah, they to, are available. I, guess they I do, do know the, that. Yes, they bring um, them to you, I believe. I believe they do too, um, and um, and so you save. It, it, you can get. Uh, we have a little um, metal tin that's like. I don't know why I want to say the size of an urn that you keep ashes in. That's such a morbid. <laughs> well, you know, this is a visual <laughs> medium. So people want to know, <laughs> you know, also, if you would like it to be decorative, you have that option. Uh, if Aunt Sally is taking up too much room, maybe put her on the garden and then compost in her garden. I don't know urn. if Aunt Sally, if she's a brown or a green. But, um, but yeah, yeah so sure. you keep, so as you're in your kitchen and as you're making all of your food waste, not, not, Actually, I think in New York City, I actually think in New York City, you can even do meats and dairy and stuff. Oh. That, um, I think you actually can do that in New York City. Um, don't quote me on that. But for, for so in New York City, put it in your um, compost bin. There are also, I think, compost bins that are just out that you can, you, in the streets that you can put them in. Um, I live in the suburbs now, so I don't actually know. But um, there are but, every um, once in a while. You have, yeah, yeah, and sometimes restaurants and food courty places are getting a little better about that, about yeah. having your landfill as opposed to your plastics, as opposed to your, I'm trying to think of what usually the other category is, your compostables, basically. Yeah. Um, and the beauty of it is that uh, rats can get into your trash that's in your plastic bag. They'll just gnaw right through that plastic bag. Mm. They cannot get into the brown compost bins. So if you're putting all your food scraps in there, at the very least, it's stopping the rats. Yeah, and it'll rats. lower the rat population in New York City because they are living large right now on our on our food trash. Um, but anyways, so um, in your kitchen, whenever you're, you know, you peel your banana, you've got the peel, you throw it in the little can. So you have the can, it comes with a top, um, you know, so that it doesn't stink. And then when it gets filled, you take it. If you have a compost bin and outside your house, you put it in the compost bin. Um, in New York, you put it in your brown compost bin. Um, if you need, if you have trouble with like, sometimes people will put it in a plastic bag and put it in their freezer um, so that, because they don't have a place to store it where it won't yes. stink. So we that's used to do that in too. Queens every once in a while. Yeah. yeah. And we even yeah. had these special bags that at least first came, I think, with the brown uh, bins. They were compostable. So you could put with never compostable. They smelled a little bit like shrimp. So that might have gotten, <laughs> they might have worked on that. But I mean, you know, as things decompose, which is why the freezer trick is a good one. Um, but if you have a house and you have an outside where you can have a compost bin of your own, you can get them of varying sizes and varying kinds. Ours is, I don't know what it's as big as. It's as big as a bread box. 
That's much the bigger first than a bread thing box. that pops no, in. You could climb it. It's it's probably as big as uh you know a, a big like a trash plastic can? trash can. Yeah. Yes. It's about the same like size. Like Oscar as the that. Grouch could live in there. He could live in there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He could live where, in there. Um, our groundhog on our property. He likes to try and get in there all the time. Um, right. But um, he can't because it's made for him not to be able to. And then so in there, it's covered obviously with a thing right. that locks so that the animals, because they're smart, can get in. Um, and um, and then we put our compost in there. And so you can put. Um, any foodstuffs, but here at your own home, you should not put um, meats um, because they will stink and they will attract animals. Um, but then you yeah. want to balance out so that you're also putting in, um, the, there's the kinds of stuff that will rot. If you put it on your counter a week later, it would be rotten and smelly. Those mm-hmm. kinds of things you can put in as much as you want, but then you also want the stuff that if you put it on your counter, it wouldn't be rotten and smelly. And that's like dried leaves are really great. I was great. like, which um, would be what? Oh, yeah. okay. This is dried what you're talking about, the difference clippings. between browns and greens? Yes. So yes. our browns, my old banana peel, and my I don't actually, honestly, this is the problem. I don't know which is which. I just know that you need the balance, and the, and that the um the things that don't rot, um are things like your um paper towels you can put in your toilet oh, paper rolls, yeah. cardboard paper, your old bills, shred them up, and you oh. can put paper. In, you can yes. I didn't know the, that because I have a big paper recycler, but. And the right, you, the you, churning. You churn the churning. it. And then the mixing of that means that Mother Nature is breaking it down the way Mother Nature wants to be breaking uh, it down. Making compost As butter. opposed to the very unnatural <laughs> way of, yes, living in a landfill and then it doesn't get to break down. You think about, I always think about it like back millennia ago, people would eat something, they'd throw it on the ground and then they'd keep walking, right? And it, so it wouldn't be just a sole pile of just foodstuffs. It would be mixed in with the rest of nature uh-huh. um, and it would degrade and break down with nature um that is right. my but very, that doesn't very that doesn't happen on sidewalks so people when you throw no. your, on a sidewalk mm-hmm. yeah. i that i, I was like were you raised in a barn i know <laughs> i know and yet if they were raised in a barn they probably would put that trash of the compost in a compost no Anika, <laughs> but i think people that's really helpful i think people don't know i think they think if i'm throwing out this banana peel it's just gonna disintegrate you know I don't think all people are that evil to think that they're just littering. But wait, I feel like there's a song in this whole idea because it's, I'm thinking of like butter, flour, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> Browns and greens and <laughs> manure. I mean, that's because then basically what you, I was also thinking of turn around, turning up my compost and it's making it better. Gonna make my soil grow some things. Turn around. Um, there's amazing to everything turn 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 yeah yes yeah but, but that's that's probably the key part at it yeah but you but to get something it. yeah that's important that's something to get um because i feel like and then once it's when it, the compost they call it black gold and it's beautiful and it's wonderful yeah. and if you put it all over your garden your garden's going to grow better and if you put it all over our new york city gardens they will grow better and yeah yeah that's a win 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 and there's no insects or worms or anything involved with composting, right? Uh, the worms will get will get up in there. Yeah, they'll be happy in there. But that's but yeah. not. There's but no not bottom your, to a compost bin. They don't have a bottom, so the worms can come up from the bottom. But not in your New York City apartment. Oh no, you don't have to do that. No, 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 uh, no, no. Because you just, your little you know, right, you your just little keep brown the food bin to the city. The city. Yeah, will do your the little work. brown bin will keep it at right. It it will have yeah. a bottom, and yeah, um, yeah. If you get worms in there, then that's not the compost. That's you have another issue. <laughs> We have another issue. Okay. It's not judging. Infestation. Yeah, that ain't, um, that ain't the compost. 
Um, we're going to put links in the episode page for all of the yes. instructions on how to compost. And I will yes. be reading those. I was going to yeah. say, and, and I will have to reference all of them. <laughs> and I'm sure New York, and in fact, I know that New York City has a great, on their city website, has a great page that explains composting for anyone great. who lives there. Great. These are all just so good, such good reminders because we know, I do this, I know the information is out there, but there's a lot of information out there. Yeah. And sometimes I get overwhelmed and inundated with just the things that we're all taking in on a daily basis because of how mm -hmm. our world works, because of how we get our information, um, with how we communicate with each other, our freaking phones and devices and the things that bleep and bloop at us. Yeah. It's um, it's good to just to just have reminders and a little guidance, like I said, about, hey, here's a great place to look. This person has sussed yeah. this out and this might be a good a good spot to to check out how to do this better. And it's not about doing it perfect either. I get caught yeah. up in that a lot, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't oh, know how yeah. to do it, so I'm not yep. gonna start, or I don't, it's like, try it. Yeah. Oops, I forgot to turn my compost. I yeah. Next time I will turn it. Yeah. Because right. I'll no, remember absolutely. the song we wrote. <laughs> about. That's now a top 10 hit. That's now, guys, yeah. I think it might be streaming. <laughs> <laughs> the money is rolling in. <laughs> Um, but that's a really, really, really good point is there's simply no way to be perfect at this. And all you, all we're trying to do is be a little better every day. I, I keep quoting Frozen 2 because I love it so much. Do the next right thing. Right thing, yeah. Just keep doing the next right thing. And then sometimes we're, you're going to figure out, oops, I thought that was the right thing, but it wasn't. Let's course correct mm -hmm. um, and go and do the next right thing. Because, of course, there's lots about that this is that is complicated and, and tricky and um, you know, there's the whole discussion of carbon offsets and, and that system is very complicated, but, um, I sort of liken it to, um, this whole the, sort of all of our climate work, um, is, is necessary and flawed, but it's like medicine, like taking care of the planet is like taking care of our bodies. And just through the history of medicine, there lots of mistakes have been made, but that what people didn't ever just throw up their hands and say, well, let's stop trying mm -hmm. to heal people. It was like, no, right. we, that was a big old mistake. All right. Now, based on the foundation of knowledge that we have now, let's do better and better and better at healing people. And so I think the same is true with the planet. I'd like, let's just keep staying ever vigilant and really trying to course correct and just do better and better and better. Um, and, and we're going to do it. I just, I know we are. There's so many smart people out there in innovating and inventing and in their specific lane, figuring out how to solve these problems and everybody's attacking it from all different sides. And so that's the most exciting thing. Um, this woman is passionate and I love I her am. enthusiasm. Fire um, up! <laughs> hey, Jesse, I wanted to ask you, um, so you have done so many amazing things philanthropically and in your social activism. And as you said, you, you say yes and, and you respond to people who ask you. Um, but I wondered, where did you get this sort of feeling for doing good? Um, is this something that you grew up with? Did, was it modeled for you by your family or your community? Um, how, huh. Why are you a good person? <laughs> a good person. Um, why do you do good? I, well, I think I think it was modeled for me in terms of I think I think my parents were always um, giving back was always talked about, um, um, it, you know, and it, and it manifested in different in different forms. Um, but they were always big about like giving back through their church or um, helping out at the school or sometimes a lot of it was giving of your time. Um, mm -hmm. And I think early on in my career too, I, I, I didn't really 
know a lot about philanthropy because I felt like it was always financial or it was always money-based. And I thought, well, I don't have any money, so I can't, I can't contribute. I, I don't know how to give. But I think when I learned that giving of your time is important or um, giving, finding ways to shine, shine a light where it needs to be shown, is that the right uh, works verbiage, verbiage of that? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And also, I think uh, I have just felt so fortunate with the blessings that that I've that I've received in my in my career and the people I've known and gotten to meet and I it's like how how do I explain it 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 only makes sense to give back I think it, there was at some point I I almost did it not out of guilt but it's like I have too much I I have to people are being too generous to me or I have to mm. I have to do I have to but if I can but I, but I'm working on reframing that for myself too, as just being a joyous thing. It's not anything I have to pay back. It's not, mm. it's more about paying forward. I feel like I have been given a great deal. If, if I can, if I can, if I have something to give, I, I want to give it. If I have, if I have extra, I want, I want to give it because people have done that for me mm. in, in, giving back can come in so many forms. I think you would both agree. So it's, you know, it's, it's time or money. It's giving someone comfort, giving someone your presence, giving someone um, your understanding, feeling, helping someone feel seen. So there's so many ways to give back. And I think that it's sort of like what we've been talking about with all the environmentals and all the environmentalism and all the hard words that are hard to pronounce, like <laughs> yeah. desertification, right? Oh, I, I was boy. looking at that word and I kept thinking of desertification. I was like, ooh, is that the creation of desserts out of thin <laughs> air or something? I was like, I want to get into that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, flambe. But um, <laughs> that, it's, that it's something that, Anika, it's something you said, that this one action feeds this other action, this, this other need. This, and to me, it just got me in this, the word community kept coming to mind. And I think that that's something I would say, especially I would say in the United States, our country, our Americanism, where it's not always our what we lead with, our community, we're doing it together, we're doing it, we can lead with the me. What about me? What do I get? What do I achieve? What do I, and mm -hmm. if we can, and I think, I think of giving back in that sense of, I've been fed. I'm going to feed somebody else. I that cyclical nature of it is just mm -hmm. what it should be. Mm -hmm. That's just what it should be. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you um, as a last question. You know, you have a lot of fans. What advice would you give anybody listening as to how they could give back or be oh, part how of they that? Could, how can they yeah. give back? Well, it's funny, Anika. You said I think you said it something about like people being in their lane or knowing their lane or, mm -hmm. um, and as you were speaking of the other things you could do, and we were talking about perfectionism, it's not, oh, and, and even the thing about um, medicine and thank God no one stopped creating medicine, which made me think of healing. Healing comes in so many different ways. So what, mm -hmm. might, what works for one person might not work for somebody else. Mm -hmm. So maybe composting is not your thing. Right. Maybe, you know what I mean? Maybe mm -hmm. you're, maybe where you're at is like, I'm going to turn off some more lights. That's what mm -hmm. I can handle today. Mm -hmm. I'm going to buy this 
glass jar instead of this plastic jar. Mm -hmm. I'm going to buy the reusable plastic bags that I can wash in the dishwasher rather than just the regular, you know, zip the zippy brand. Or I'm going to use a mason jar to hold my leftovers rather than the plastic tubs or whatever it can be. But um, be honest about where you're at and and what you do well. You don't have to do what every and what everybody else is doing. You can find out what works for you and what you do well. And that's a contribution because if everybody does that, things will start to happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of goes for life as well, but it certainly relates to what we're talking about. I think mm -hmm. it really does. Um, I'm going to wrap this up, but I think we should keep going and keep having this conversation. And Jesse, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank and, you. Um, it's so, I, like I said, I felt like coming on, I'm the novice and I'm, and I'm learning things. So thank you for, for making another space where people can come or discover that it's here and just learn a little bit more and learn a little bit more so they can try this and try this and, and see what works for them. And then we can make that collective effort to do the right thing. The next right thing, as Anika said. Mm -hmm. The next right thing. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Broadway Gives Back podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and rate Broadway Gives Back wherever you stream your podcasts. You can also follow me on Facebook at Jan Friedlander Weiss and on Instagram at Jan for Good. Broadway Gives Back is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kimberly Garris, along with their team of amazing collaborators and wonderful humans. To learn more about this podcast and other Broadway podcasts, visit vpn.fm slash broadwaygivesback. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.